behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 77. I can't wait to hear what you have today, Casey, because seven is really hard to rhyme with. All right, episode 77. We hope you're out there studying, Kevin. It's going to be someone named Kevin who's studying. We hope there's someone out there named Kevin studying. We don't know. And if you are, please reach out, Kevin. Love you, Kev. Um, Nothing rhymes with with seven. And if you have better rhymes for us, please let us know. We're very open to rhyme recommendations. All right. So we're back. And I'm sure you remember from last week, we were talking about studying and no matter what you're studying for and We covered a lot of behavioral principles associated with studying, and we're back with Maggie, now actually starting the study process. We spoke a lot about about the antecedents before, but now we're going to talk about actually getting started and putting in the work. So I'm excited to do this. Let's effing go. And you know how much we love ourselves a good review. So I'm going to read this one from Apple Podcast from Zero Taylor Alton. Obsessed. I'm really picky about what podcasts I listen to. A lot of them I lose interest in or can't handle the way some people carry their podcasts. So I was hesitant when my coworkers showed me the very first episode and you guys. Yeah, I think a lot of people were hesitant. (laughs) I couldn't find the following episode fast enough. Follow up episode about breakups. Since then, I can't stop listening. I'm catching up right now, but I love it all. I'm someone that loves to hear the realness about love and overall life, things we need to hear and should know, and love learning new things. Love the podcast about sleep. Shout out to Dr. Kira Moore. This podcast is so, so, so good. Not to mention the girls are funny and you feel like you know them just from their personalities. Can't wait to listen to more. Thank you, Taylor. Send me a DM if you hear this. I love when people reach out if we hear them, if we read their reviews. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy that people decide to actually tune in. Like Scott, in our other episode, he's like, honestly, I heard the beginning of these girls, the Study notes, ABA, the song. He's like, and I was like, I'm out until I heard it say X-rated. <laughs> until it said X-rated. And then I was like, maybe I could stay. <laughs> maybe we should start with that. I know. I love it. All right, All right. So yeah, we're back with Maggie. We're so excited. What the hell? How do you study? Now we're getting into the real juicy, juicy stuff. So let's start with, um. All right. Choosing what to study, right? So like when you first open your Cooper book, you might not want to start with the really dry chapters. Maybe you want to build some behavior momentum with some, you know, maybe you love positive reinforcement, right? That might be like, I think it's chapter 11. I don't know. I just made that up. But maybe you start there. Like start with something that's going to be a little bit less aversive for you to build that like buy-in and love for Cooper. Before you start compound schedules. Yeah, I would not start with compound schedules or reinforcement. (laughs) Just saying. All that Um, high P, low P, I would say also just getting yourself, like when you make yourself a checklist, put some things on there that are going to be pretty easy first. Like, um, I'll read the first paragraph of this, Mm -hmm. then I'll, I don't know, something really simple. What's something really simple? Um, Writing out, maybe just picking. uh, You're writing, writing your to-do list also is like, I, I appreciate that as something to get my day going because it's like, I could write that. It's not actually taking response effort on my part of actually having to do tasks. It's just getting ready for it. So I think that's a big part of, you know, once you've done that, okay, now I'm ready to actually start reading. Mm-hmm. And I'd say from the get-go, it's really important to have a plan for how you're going to get through all the material. So take that time. Your first day might not be you reading. It might be you sitting with your book and seeing, you know, putting it on a calendar. And as Maggie said on the last episode, 
about put that buffer time in there, right? So if you're like, I'm going to read one chapter a day, like, no, you're not. Let me tell you ahead of time. No, you're not. Um, and I'm going to do it all. How many chapters are there? 32, maybe? 31. 31. Okay. I'm going to read it in 31 because days. Because I know that because we just scheduled out all of the Cooper and Coffee Club. Tell them. Oh, yeah. Us. Tell them about what we're going to be doing. Let's we can we can have a little distraction. Can we do like a tiny a tiny? Can we go back to the last episode? A tiny moment of shiny balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm really excited about our. We're going to do in 2021. We're going to start something new. We're going to do. Um, I'm not going to call it a book club because that sounds so lame and uncool. It's like a coffee chat where we're going to go through the entire new Cooper book, not for every word, but we're going to go through every chapter and talk it out and get good examples and enjoy each other and kind of have some fun with it. So it'll be work for sure. But also I think it's a great way to build some community. And for those of us that want to catch up on the third edition or are studying for the test, either way, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's even going to be fun for a lot of like um, our BCBAs that have already passed. Like there's so yeah. many BCBAs that have passed that send me pictures of them on Instagram reading Cooper three and how exciting all the new examples are and all the new um, re- literature and uh, you know job articles that they talk about um, and just real relatable examples in Cooper three. And there's also new chapters and they're, ah, there's a few of them that are mind blowing. So I know that if I was working, I'd want to be up on what's going on. And talking about like momentum and, and hypey lopey, like I think we've picked some of the most interesting, juicy pieces of each chapter to really mm-hmm. read and talk about. So it should be a easy but useful um, kind of fun way to spend uh, every other Sunday. For the I'm entire year. For, it. for the whole for the year. Day. This is a year commitment. Can you do it? <laughs> I'm pumped. Can you tolerate us that long? We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> do you like us? I think this is actually a really good time, Liat, to go into um, time management. So you say, okay, you before you can really even like say just pick out of a hat. Oh, Anderson Adventure Interventions chapter. We got to set. We have to have some time management and some um, setting of goals and writing out your study schedule so you know what you're going to be doing and organizing it. Right, organizing it of like what task list items are going to be covered that you're going to go over. Maybe you do, you want to do section A on one, on, you know, for maybe a couple days. So you organize, hey, these are the task list items from A that I want to cover. And these are the pages in Cooper and the chapters in Cooper that go with it. So you have this really nice um, study schedule. So you're set up for success and you're not just willy-nilly picking random shit and getting confused. You got to have some kind of organization and time management and setting attainable goals. So you're not going to maybe get through FK, which is I think 38 items or 40 freaking items in a day. Like give yourself a couple weeks to get through FK and organize your study schedule so that it matches what task list items you're going to cover and what Cooper chapters. Or like if you're on, if you're on fifth edition task list already, like don't do G in one week. That, that section is crazy. Like you're going to need some time um, to kind of spread that out over your calendar. And, you know, use those self-management skills on yourself, right? Self-management. So applying behavior principles to yourself to, you know, um, manage your behavior and set up a kind of a tracking system. It is, um, you know, some kind of self-monitoring system. How are you going to be able to check off that you did this, right? And show that you, you know, read this chapter and then you went and took the free Cooper quiz on the Pearson website and you have checked those things off. We all love that negative reinforcement when you can check things off. So you need to be taking data on yourself. How long did you study for that day? 
um, you know, what was your score on the Cooper quiz for that day? And just keeping track of that is really important. Mm -hmm. And I say about picking and sticking um, with your study method. So what I mean by that is like, oh, I'm going to read the Cooper book and I'm going to take the quizzes, like whatever it is, or I'm going to use study notes or I'm going to use whatever it is you could choose. But I do think that something you can vary just so you don't get bored. You're staying with the same study method, but, you know, be like right now I'm going to take a quiz, right? Because it feels different than doing like you're doing that on the computer. Now I'm going to actually like write some notes. So it's not that you're choosing different study methods. It's different parts of your studying. Like I would not want to sit and read for three chapters straight. Like I, it's hard for me, honestly, to even read one chapter straight without doing some things in between. So maybe I'll do some reading. I'll do some note taking on what I read. I will, um, I don't know, if you're someone who likes making SAF med card, flashcards, you could do that. You know, it's all within your study method that you're using. So I don't mean like you could only read the book. No, I mean, you need to engage with your material in different ways. Like if you're visual, draw out notes, if, you know, um, hang them up around your house, create, you know, visual prompts. You know, there's no better way to test yourself than when they're hanging right in front of you. I've seen a lot of you guys create the most beautiful wallpaper, which study notes will be selling soon. We're going to have our own line of wallpaper with all behavioral terms. <laughs> I was kidding, but that kind cool. of is cool. I was kidding, but like, I actually think I would totally do that in my office. Wouldn't it would be totally cool? be in my office. Yep. Super cool. Um, well, you can pre-map that stuff out too. Like if you know you love doing pretty notes, but you don't like reading your whole chapter, like make yourself read first, then do your pretty notes. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And just changing it up. Like I know a lot of people might take like messy notes when they're first writing. And then the reinforcing part at the end is being able to make them pretty. Um, okay. I'm going to go through my book right now and highlight it's, it's you're using the same study method, but you're, you're varying like, you know, I mean, that's why I think a lot of people like being a BCBA in general, because you're not, uh, or I hear this from a lot of people. So I don't want to generalize. You're not doing the same thing at all times, right? Like you might go supervise for a little, now you're going to like go do some work on your computer. You're not like sitting a nine to five in front of your desk. I, I think that's like a common, um, and I might be wrong. So, so sue me if I overgeneralize, but I think a lot of people like being able to vary the tasks they're doing. So you're all doing it all for the purpose of studying, but you, you switch off. Like you're not going to just do reading straight. I think that's important also. I think, and too, if, and um, I think even if you like, Oh, sorry. I was just say like, if, even if you are going to do like a big chunk of reading, I think it's important to like build in those breaks. Mm -hmm. Give yourself, you know, if, if you, if, if that is your goal for the day, you've set your, you know, objective behavioral goal of I'm going to read um, chapter 29 and 30 of Cooper today. Well, okay. But you know, you let's make sure you break it up with some of those other preferred activities. Let's make sure that you've built in some negative reinforcement. Like, okay, when I get through 15 pages, I'm going to go take a break and have a tea or I'm going to check Instagram for five minutes or something like that. I think those are important too. And I think really important. avoiding bootleg reinforcement is really, really, <laughs> really important. I know hashtag guilty AF over here, um, but just being aware of that. Like, you know, if you set a clear reinforcement schedule for yourself, so even if you have to start, like we know when we start teaching a new skill to a, a client, we start with a very dense schedule of reinforcement, right? So for like almost every response, they're probably going to earn reinforcement. And you might have to do that with yourself. You know, if you're not, if, if it's just, you know, it might be something where you're like, after every page, I get one M&M, right? Or whatever it may be. And then Thanks you can fade that. I, I, I know. <laughs> Maggie told me earlier that that's what she did. Um, and so 
having as clear schedule of reinforcement of what you're going to get. I, one girl told me that she would put, um, or her husband actually did this for her, uh, candy bars after like so many chapters in her Cooper book, like actually physical candy bars in her Cooper book. So like, Oh, she'd get to this chapter and she'd get a Kit Kat or whatever it was. Um, but trying not to deliver that reinforcement before your behavior is, um, completed is really important. And I love that idea about the husband helping. So like one way to help re help avoid bootleg reinforcement is to get other people aware of what your schedule of reinforcement is, right? Um, I'm thinking like, I know if I tell my eight-year-old that I'm going to wait till I finish cleaning up the house before I go have that donut, like he will call me out on that. There will be no donut until I'm done with my chores. So if I it's your husband that. or someone close in your environment, like I think that's a great way to get people involved too. Yeah. And you have people hold you accountable. Like I had, um, and it's really important, I think also to, um, include people in your circle that are also studying. So reaching out on Facebook at study notes, ABA, it, like I see so many amazing study groups formed. One of the thing that Liat, this wise Jewish woman, really annoying said is if you can talk it, you can <laughs> test it. <laughs> and, um, it's true. I had a, um, one of my besties who was in my master's program, we would talk all day via text. FaceTime, just in behavior talk, like just behavior principles and trying to relate everything in the environment. She's like, is this a response prompt or is this a stimulus prompt? Like this sticky note, um, it's just everything. And it, it really does help. You have to really immerse yourself into the, the language, the jargon. You know, we talk about ethics when you're, you know, when you're finally- I love whenever you say jargon. <laughs> I suck at pronouncing. If you say the jargon. <laughs> I hope that at least it makes you laugh. I, I I literally love it. don't do it on purpose. Um, and I'm just a um, bitch and call you out. No, I love it. And so um, it's just really important to form those, that community, right? And maybe even with your, you know, my husband at the time, he knew I had notes literally hanging everywhere in the bathroom. I'd be taking a shit and I'd be like, tell me, ask me a question from the wall. And he's like, you, this is like <laughs> a beautiful mind we're living in, in this apartment. Like it's scaring me. I have on the doors. Uh, I'd be like, you know, he's like, all right, what are the, for basic schedules of reinforcement and I'd like rattle them off and like you need to become fluent with this stuff so it is kind of a lifestyle change that you're gonna have to make when you're studying it's not just oh I'm just gonna read Cooper and that's it it's like you've gotta apply it to everyday life and be able to dude I have a friend it. that I still do that with like she Dr. Kelly Hantak like she's brilliant early interventionist she's does not need to like do this for any other purpose but like we'll just We'll just exchange text messages or call each other and be like, oh my God, explain this in behavioral terms. Look what I just saw at Target. Or like, <laughs> you will not believe what, what just happened um, you know, at my workplace. Like, we got to talk this out and figure out what principles apply. But that's a great way to study too. And it's a good way. Like, usually that's not aversive, right? You're talking to your husband. You're talking to your friend. Like, I think that's fantastic. I mean, if you check Behavior Bitches Instagram or even um, Study Notes ABA Instagram, we that's what we do every day. My husband the other night, I, I don't know if anyone watched my story, but he slid, um, I was cooking dinner and he slid his cup closer to me and I didn't know what he was doing. And I'm like, what do you need? He's like, I need a drink. And I'm like, okay. He's like, see, that was a stimulus prompt. I, I positioned it uh, closer to you. And I was like, how the hell do you know this? Like, that is so cool. But like, we do it at home. Matt will always be like, you know, and he uses the terms very wrong sometimes, but like, like, uh, you know, I just delivered you some NCR or, you know, <laughs> stop putting me on extinction. He'll text me during the day. Like if I don't respond, cause I'm working, like, don't put me on extinction B or like funny things. So like make it, make it fun and make it part of your relationship. So it's not just that you're like, yeah, you're going to definitely have to turn down a lot of social interactions when you're studying, but that's okay. You know, 
you're, you're going to annoy your family and, and your find friends. someone who wants to study too, because I mean, there's no one who wants to talk about these ABA terms more than someone else studying. And you need to talk it in your, your relationship. Might what? Save your relationship. Yeah. Save your relationship. Because save your relationship. Go on the study notes ABA Facebook group and say, hey, anyone in this time zone want to study with me? It will save your relationship. Literally, when Maggie came to visit, when we met in person for the first time, um, Rick and Ellie run, that's her husband and my husband, were like, literally, like, these bitches will not shut up. Like we're like, we're, sorry, just like, like stop and enjoy the barbecue. We're like, no, no, no. Let us talk about why this barbecue might be behavioral. Like, like every single thing. It's it's really cool once you start seeing things like that. And I'm telling you, if you talk about it like that, you'll have a brain flip suddenly while you're studying. And and it's like you get to study for free all the time because you get to see it generalize in your environment. And I think that's really, really cool. So and it'll make you a badass BCBA because you won't just see textbook examples when you when you get to your workplace, like when you are that person who's in that role, like you'll be able to see the whole context and how all of it works together. So you're not just preparing for the test when you're doing this, you're preparing to be an incredible world changer. So that brings me to um, talking about, so if you're able to talk about it in real life, this is something in ABA we call generalization. And generalization is when you're able to take something and you could generalize it elsewhere. So like if I learn how to write with one pen, right? I learn how to write with this red pen. Now I can write with a thick pen. I can write with a Sharpie. I can write with this, right? So, or I learn what reinforcement is. Now I can identify it as, oh my God, that lady just complimented my outfit. That was positive reinforcement. Oh my God. Um, my husband just gave me an ice cream bar after I said something. That's reinforcement, right? You start noticing it. So that is what we call generalizing it. And generalization is really important when we're learning different things, whether it's ABA or not, right? Because you need to know how to apply things to real life. So when you're studying, um, I actually really recommend that if you learn about something, and I keep going back to positive reinforcement just because it is, or fine, I'll do hmm, MOs, all right? So let's say I'm studying MOs, motivating operations, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I guess if I'm if I go for a run, water would be valuable to me. You need to then generalize it to your real life. Like, oh, weird. I've been in quarantine for nine months, not leaving anywhere. This is so valuable. You know, like last night I went to a restaurant with Ellie Ron for the first time since February COVID. I didn't tell you this, Casey. This was like wild. And the waitress was like, like, how was your food? I was, And I told her, <laughs> she was really sweet. I said, honestly, even if you serve me a pile of cow shit, I would love it. Like, I have not left the house in so long. And she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, but seriously, like, because, and it's like applying that to understanding MOs, like, oh, I've been deprived of any activity that I'm happy to come out and eat couch it. It's studying. And so when you're studying, do that. Provide multiple examples. Don't only study the one definition they give you of a um, concurrent schedule of reinforcement in the book of, oh, am I going to, am I going to? Study or am I going to play video games, right? Like be like, no, it could be anything. Am I going to come to create this podcast right now? Or am I going to um, organize my bookshelf? Hmm, what's more reinforcing to me? You know, <laughs> just applying this is really, really, really important. And that's one of the things I love about the Study Notes Collective too, is that the examples are generalized examples and they're things that people can connect with. So coming up with those are like, and they'll stick with you more because it's something that you're familiar with. Yeah. If, and 
that's what I also think is really cool about behavior analysis is, you know, I always say, I'm like, okay, you could use these strategies everywhere. Well, you can with the things we've been talking about with studying, but behavior analysis is unique. And this should make you excited if you're studying that I always say like, okay, you could use these color methods, these pairing methods, make it exciting, setting up stimulus control for your environment. If you're studying for anything, right? Like, but let's say you're studying for, I don't know what the dental school exam is, but I know my friend was studying. Maybe like, I'm just going to make this up. It's something D something. I don't know. It's like, it's a little harder to generalize it into your everyday life, right? You're not going to be like, oh my God, there's a canine tooth in the environment. That must be like a canine. That leaf is like a canine tooth or that's the seventh tooth. And that's right. Like this is behavior. Like it is, I have to use my F-bomb here. It is fucking everywhere. So this is, I mean, you get to study all the time. Anything you see someone doing, it, it's so freaking cool. And I think that's, and I, I feel myself getting lit up and fired about this because it's, that's what's really cool about what we do. It's it's everywhere. So, and, and it also you, makes me never turn it off. But that's I love that part. So, yeah, I'm always turned on in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be the only regard. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my God, everyone must be like freaking out for my relationship on the podcast. Don't worry, guys. We still have a sex life. Um, <laughs> I, even though I call myself asexual. Um, oh my God, if Ellie Ron ever listened to a podcast, he'd be like, what? I was gonna say, like, when I was there, you told your mom you were hanging from the chandelier the night before. Like, you guys are fine. Oh, I was oh. kidding. She's like, how are you guys doing or something? And I was like, oh, mom, it was crazy. We were hanging from the chandelier. Um, I just also do it because my mom's like, what? <laughs> Mel gets so, like, she's like me. She's like, oh, so awkward. <laughs> Funny. All right. All right. You know what else is really important is... Another generalization strategy is programming common stimuli, right? So trying to set up your environment. This is what I would say when you're more towards mock exam time, right? Is setting up your environment to mimic as much as you can the testing um, exam. So what that means for me, I'll tell you just my personal story of how I would take my mock exams. A, I would, you know, I took a bunch, but I definitely, you know, I took, definitely take a timed one. I need to know. And if it wasn't a timed one, I would set a timer and I would see I'm factoring in this uh, bathroom break at, you know, minute 45. And it took me two minutes. Like, you know, the duration was two minutes time between my behavior of starting. That's like, you know, I'd look at my IRT or whatever. And just like always, I, I'd have no water with me. I'm obsessed with water, no water because you can't have water in the test. Um, I would have no Cooper book, no cell phone. I would literally lock them in another room and set up my environment exactly like I, as much as I could have like my, my white piece of paper, which would simulate my whiteboard. Um, and just really, cause that would help a lot ease the anxiety. Like, you know, for me, water is a crutch. I drink it when I'm anxious. I drink it just cause I love it. I drink it when I, you know, might not know what to say. And I didn't want to be doing that during the exam, right? Cause that's not going to be there for me. That crutch would not be there for me. So that's my personal story of how I would program common stimuli. Well, I think one that's really relevant right now is if you're in an area that requires wearing a mask, it sounds oh, silly, yeah. but like try taking a mock exam, wear your mask. Like it, it, it will help you when you get to that situation, be comfortable. Um, or if you have, you know, if you know you're going to be at a testing center where there's not anybody else in the building because, you know, social distancing is a thing, um, you know, make sure there's nobody else in your environment when you're taking the test, when you're taking the mock exam. All those little things that you can make closer and closer to what it's really going to be like. 
And don't cheat. Don't go open your Cooper book and then find the answer and then go answer the mock and be like, I got a 99. <laughs> like you're not because doing getting job. things wrong are opportunity. A lot of people yes. get upset when they get something wrong. Like, let's be honest. You are never going to read something as hard in your book as if you're trying to figure out why you got it wrong. Right? Like when you're reading, you're reading at first. But I always say when you take a mock exam, like let's say you miss 60 questions. That's 60 opportunities of things you are going to get right on your test because now you're going to go read your book deeper on a different level than you would read it when you read it for the first time. So I think that's really important. And we understand operant behavior, right? We understand when something is reinforced, you got it right, or something is punished, right? So you need to come into contact with getting things wrong so that you could get it right in the future. So keep that in mind and change your attitude about getting things wrong because that's one that you're definitely going to review. And I also say, with that being said, also review the ones you got right because there is a possibility that you got some right accidentally, right? I mean, you do have a 25% chance of getting it right, right? That's how you would do it, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, A, B, C, and D. And so you wanna make sure that you got it right and you know why you got it right. Um, and so when you're taking mock exams, this is another really important thing, take a mock exam that has feedback. If you are not getting feedback and you just get a score back and you're like, oh, you got a 73, like save that for the actual BCBA, BCABA exam where like you will get a, <laughs> they're like, okay, you pass. Number. They don't even tell you. Yeah. Or a number only if you didn't pass. But yeah. What are you going to do with your studying? Your studying is the opportunity of the time you're learning, like where you need to come into contact with reinforcement of getting it right or the punishment of getting it wrong, right? So, and well, like, this is like charters call it learning opportunities. Like, I love that language. Like, it's not, it's not a wrong, it's a learning opportunity. That's perfect. Exactly. And so, when you're picking a mock, also, I, I just have to have a little section. I know it wasn't written here on our outline, but on mocks in general. Please be careful where you get your mock from, all right, when you're studying. Um, I don't know how relatable this is for other fields. I've seen a lot of mocks that have incorrect information or wrong answers. And that concerns me because that is the information that you are taking to then use as your truth and your um, information that you're going to generalize elsewhere. So like if one mock, it sounds like one question might be this, but it might've been a question about negative reinforcement and now you are confusing negative reinforcement for negative punishment, all right? And now you're getting it wrong. So I, I just say, be careful. Um, it's also good for a lot of free exams. It's not necessarily free if there's wrong information because you're paying to take the test again. So be careful, um, make sure it's a reliable resource, make sure it has feedback for you to learn from. And one other thing I see a lot of people wanting to do, and um, it, it kind of confuses me, is people are like, anyone find exams you could take more than once or more than twice or more than three times? There is something called, what, Maggie? Testing effects, dun, dun, dun. Testing effects. You've taken the test already. How are you testing yourself on it? Like, if you get questions wrong on a test, write those questions down to study. But if you think that you're going to take it again and you're telling me, oh, my God, I got a 63 the first time. I took it again and I got a 97. So I think I'm ready for the test. Guys, no, you just memorized some questions. Exactly. And that's a problem. Right. And so you need to 
take what you learn from one test or one studying and be able to understand the main concept you took away from a question to apply it to another question. You know, the test is all application um, in terms of are you able to apply it to a new example about anything, right? And so I just want you guys to be aware when you are looking for things to take twice, that's not your actual score. You've taken it already. Come on, guys. Like, we know you take it. You've seen the answers. It's not really testing your ability or your knowledge. Just make sure that you're not you are gonna getting- see, You're not going to see that question on the test, right? Whatever t question you took on the mock exam is not going to just magically show up on the test. So this isn't like studying definitions or something like that where you could maybe just memorize a bunch of stuff and then know that you're good. Like you need to be able to respond appropriately to the stimuli because you know your shit. Like you know your concepts, you can identify what parts of the task list they're looking at um, and you can discriminate what the right answer is. But testing effects are going to really mess up your kind of your data uh, if you're just taking the same test over and over again. And that brings me to choosing the correct answer on questions. All right. So when you're taking these mocks, let's say, you saw something and it said, you said like it's negative reinforcement. It said something about like, oh, you remove an itchy sweater and now you feel relief, right? And you choose the answer. What has happened here, right? Because now you take an itchy sweater off again in the future. Let's say you choose negative reinforcement. Why did you choose that? What part of that question was holding the stimulus control that made you say negative reinforcement? So this is really important. Like when you take a mock, you're taking it because now you should have generalized, oh, they said removed and did it more in the future. That should have the stimulus control over you choosing negative reinforcement, as opposed to you hearing the word itchy sweater. You're like, oh, it said itchy sweater. I know it's negative reinforcement. Now, whenever I see someone say an itchy sweater or the word sweater, that's faulty <laughs> stimulus control. You've picked up the wrong, irrelevant part of the stimuli that should be evoking your response of saying negative reinforcement. So with that, it's very important you take these mocks to have multiple exemplars of the stimulus, the stimuli that should be having the control over your response. And I can't say that enough because I think a lot of us, the more uh, contact you come in with multiple questions, the more you'll be able to pick up on you know, I think of concept formation of this is what makes something positive reinforcement. This is what makes something an establishing operation. This is what makes it not an establishing operation, right? That stimulus discrimination. When when we're learning, we're doing a lot of concept formation of what something is and what it's not. And you guys know I love generalization and discrimination and all that. And so it's just I think that's why I like hashtags better than definitions. Like when someone spews, like when I say what is positive reinforcement and someone tells me the exact paragraph long Cooper definition, I'm like, mm, no, you don't, you don't have it. Like you need to know that it's exactly those things. It's behavior increased in the future. That's a key critical aspect of what that concept is. You don't need to know the definition. You need to know those little pieces that make it that thing. And also with speaking of faulty stimulus control, and as we said, our science is different than let's say like if you're doing again i'll go back to like dental work right that it can be applied everywhere so every ex every question that they ask you can have multiple behavioral concepts in there so it might be talking about i have no idea i'm making this up it's like you know liat was really thirsty so she because uh, she ate uh, a lot of goldfish 
So she went to the store and got a water. And when she was at the store, she saw Jake and Jake told her she was hot. So she wore that dress again in the future and blah, 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 right? It's like right there, there's multiple things going on. I could see like there was an, there was an establishing operation. She ate the um, goldfish, so she was thirsty. And then someone gave her positive reinforcement and said she's hot, so she did it again. And so it's really important not allowing like one part of the question to take your, but to look at the end part of the question to say, hey, what were they asking about? Oh, they were asking about the fact that Liat wore the dress again. Okay, that's positive reinforcement. So I just think it's really important because again, their behavior is everywhere and there's a million behavioral principles going on at a time. You could tack them all over the place. And so just really looking at which part should be evoking your response or your answer out of A, B, and C, D for the test. Also, I think a really important part um, of test taking is making sure that you read the question multiple times. You're going to miss something if you only read it once and try to answer it. It is really important that you read it and then read that shit again. Um, Some people, maybe they go, if it's a long question, they might go right to the end to what they're asking. Like, okay, there's all this information. Maybe a lot of it's fluff. But at the end, the question is, what is the duration of the the crying behavior? Okay, now I'm going to read this again with some more um, clearer glasses on of what I'm supposed to be looking for. Because I know when I was in the test, I definitely would be like, whoa, I just blacked out. I have no idea what I just read. And now I like, so it, would, it, might, it might be a nice skill to just look at the end of the question and what they're asking you and then reread the question that way. Um, that can help you on mock exams as well. Totally. Love it. All right. I think we have covered a lot of tips for studying. And I I hope this helped a lot of people, no matter what you're studying for, where you are in the study process. If you're in elementary school, hopefully you're not listening to this because my language (laughs) can be kind of colorful. And I, I just hope this helps a lot of you guys listening and motivates you and you realize that studying doesn't have to suck. Like we have literally at study notes ABA, which I think is really cool is we're using these behavior principles. And a lot of people say, what can I do with ABA? That's not autism. Well, we just built an entire program using the behavioral principles to make studying fucking cool, fun. I mean, this is also like, I hope you guys are able to generalize this for life to realize there's so many things you could do with behavior analysis and look how many behavioral principles we were able to identify just within the study process. Yeah, there was a lot. And there's even like things that we didn't fit into the episode that I also want to talk about right now at the end, just quickly, like think about some socially mediated positive reinforcement, like post your notes, right? Get some, you know, get some of those likes, those, you know, generalized condition reinforcers. Um, and that your Facebook make- status with your past mock exam, like, yes, you know, I got like- a 90, get all those likes. Get all that. That is some socially mediated positive reinforcement. That is powerful. And it might keep you going, give you the flame under your ass that you need to be like, you know, other people are going to like, you know, and it's a community. I think that's the best part about the Stappa um, Facebook group is that it's such a community. People are going to praise your efforts and your accomplishments. And, um, you know, you can join uh, like study groups and just put yourself out there. And um, you're not alone in this. And we've got you. Um, you know that this is such a community that we've built and I just love it. It literally lights me up and makes me so happy. Um, so, all right. I think we have broken down in two episodes, how to study. If you still have questions, <laughs> you can post them in the Facebook group or email me at contact at studynotesava.com. But 
We are so happy that we could do this with Maggie now that she's on the team. There's so much more exciting shit coming your way. Um, an audio task list, I mean, an audio um, mock exam that's going to be just 160 questions of us reading them aloud to you. So you can use them when you're driving. You can use it when you're at the gym. You can always be studying. I think we're going to make sure that, like, even if you're sleeping, maybe we should do, like, a meditation, like, sleep app on the principles of behavior. I could do that. <laughs> you know, my voice goes really, really low. <laughs> that's the only time we miss them was when they're sleeping. I, so. I literally think just for fun, we need to make one. Like I feel like this would minute. create some very bizarre dreams for me, but we, we could try it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we do show we're up talking about dreams. someone who cut a dick off. It's 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 positive Wait, punisher. Where? I'm like, where did we go in here? Okay. Just, okay. We have got wrap finally. up. This is All not right. working right I'm now. on crack today. I'm so sorry, guys. All right. This is a good time for me to wrap up as soon as I start doing that kind of shit. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Maggie, thanks for coming, even though you're not going anywhere because you're part of us now. So <laughs> I am you're stuck, stuck in the best glue ever. So we'll, glad to be here. We'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You could go find us on the internet at www.behaviorbitches.com. You could support us on patreon.com slash behaviorbitches. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need super. him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him. And he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Hey.